right, all right. Welcome, everybody, to Ride for Life podcast, From Dark to Light. And that's speaking of a dark past or a dark lifestyle. I'm glad you're all here. <clears throat> and of course, as always, I got my good buddy, Josh Fitzgerald. <laughs> What's up, Josh? What's up, everybody? <laughs> oh, yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. So um, here we are. And the topic of today is a big one. I think we always say that. Today's topic is people, places, and things. Mm. You've probably heard that before when you were trying to make changes in your life, right? Absolutely. Is that a familiar type of uh, passage or or saying that moms or dads or even um, certain you know places that we go to seek sobriety or seek a different life that's one of the first things that a lot of them say i wanted to start off asking a question to our viewing audience that question is have you asked yourself lately or ask yourself right now has anything you've done so far in your life brought you into a state of peace, a state of freedom, a state of being joyful, or the big question, are you content with life as it is today? So the reason why I asked that question is I actually watched a movie. I've been a little bit sick. I had some time down yesterday to watch a movie. I'm not going to even say what movie it is just because I don't need to. Movie time. Yeah. But in that movie, that's what this gentleman was, what he was mentoring somebody, asked this young man. He says, has anything you've done in your life changed those circumstances for the better? And this kid was just obviously in a mess. He's like, well, no, it hasn't. And I often ask that question of my own life. If somebody would have had the boldness to come up to me in the middle of my insane lifestyle, and especially on the downside of it, and asked me, how is that working for you? Or, or how is my belief system working for me? What would my answer have been? Probably not too good. Especially if I was getting arrested the thousand times I got arrested, or especially if I was you know, in a, in a state of being out of my mind and I was notoriously known around the country for this, you know, after party kind of lifestyle, just running down the streets from the cops, not even on a bike, on foot. And normally I would end up in a paddy wagon. I think sometimes people might have asked me, how's this working for you? You're going to change your life. But it was just a matter of time. You know, I guess we had, I had to beat myself up enough to really get to the point where I could be honest and say, yeah, it's not working, man. So, Josh, is there any particular time in your life where somebody, sh- or, or if, if I would have ran into you in the heyday of dysfunction mm. and asked you, um, you know, is this working for you? Would you have been honest or, or would you have lied and, <laughs> right. and stayed? Right. And that's the big thing. Would <laughs> right. you, yeah, it's working fine, man. Look at what I, you know. Well, even I would have not been honest, but it wouldn't have been that things are working fine it would be that everything would be working fine if it weren't for Mm. see i had back problems the parole officer was on my back my judge was on my back my kids were on my back it was always everybody's fault but mine but having taking maybe an honest look at it i would have said no nothing's working out i guess that's the big question and in today if somebody that's watching or listening you know is ready to be honest with yourself, then then I guess that you listen to the rest of this message here. Because if you're not ready, it's something that we call in the uh, addiction world, denial, that um, maybe you need some more time to burn yourself. And, and that's really how God got to me. And it was through you back in the day, pointing at me in the middle of this AA meeting saying, you know, are you ready to bring God into your life. Because if you're not, then you might as well just leave right now. Don't listen to any more of my story. Go out the front door and into the bar across the street and buy a bottle and keep drinking until you are. And, you know, I would have normally at any given time, I would have done exactly what what you were saying for me to do. But obviously I was ready 
I was ready to be over because I knew that at the bottom of that bottle was just going to be the same old dance, man. So, you know, when we ask that question, has anything in your life thus far brought joy and contentment into it? If you can say no, then we encourage you to listen to all of our podcasts, not just this one, because that's where Josh and I have come from. We've come from that point of life of finally understanding that nothing we were doing was working mm. successfully nothing man you no know and, and and anything that we tried just you, you know it was even just like what you said just more back problems you know everything <laughs> was falling i remember telling people when i first gave my life to the lord it was like i had an avalanche on top of my back if you can picture a cartoon um, illustration of you know me with this mountain of of chaos on my back and it just doesn't leave a person it it follows you around to haunt you until you finally are ready to give up on that and and that's probably the best place you could be right so anyways if you can answer that question and, and once again if you've already passed that point to where you're living a, a healthy lifestyle and and uh, you know for us it's a godly lifestyle then you can just enjoy this conversation and the truth that we have to dish out. But one of the biggest topics that was in and on my heart at the beginning was people, places, and things. And I kept hearing that over and over, you know, especially in the meeting rooms and uh, especially when you go and seek any sobriety, especially when I was checking in with psychiatrists and psychologists, they would always say, well, you know, who you, who's your team? Who's your support team? Who are you surrounded with? And I would always, well, you know, I guess... I was still in denial about that. You know, I got great friends and I got a great support team, you know, and <laughs> in all honesty, um, I guess to a certain extent, you can't sometimes include your kids or your wife or your mom in that, that particular, you know, I'm talking outside of that, you know, who are you hanging out with? I, obviously, most of us come home to a family, but maybe not. But someone said, who's your five closest people in your life? You know what I mean? And what are they doing? And the problem with some of those people, have you drained them, right? And what I mean by that is just like my wife wasn't a bad person. She wanted the best for me, but I had drained her to, to be completely dry. So in that aspect, she was, there was just nothing more that she could give to me. And it's not her fault at all. Same thing with my mom and most moms, you know, that's why they become enablers, right? It's like, so excluding those that truly loved us and wanted a different life for us, who are the five closest, right? One of the things that I understood is, okay, after I wanted to change my life and I look around, where do I go? Can I still hang around those people that I used to hang around, even though I'm trying to live a better life? Is that possible, Josh? Not if you want to get ahead in an early salvation. Early in your salvation, early in my salvation, it was very important to surround myself with like-minded individuals, especially with individuals who had experience with life-changing practices. Because I didn't know the first thing about how to be honest. I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that I wasn't going to be able to shoplift anymore. Right. So I had to surround myself with like-minded people who were well on their way. And I had to take the position of an infant again and just relearn life. And I had to grab hold of somebody and say, hey, will you take my hand? Yeah. Like, like I'm a baby and walk me through this and show me what I need to do. And I was not going to find what I needed in the presence of a fool. Amen. Well, and that kind of goes back to the opening statement of, you know, has anything worked thus far? And we agree that, you know, in your life and my life, we could finally admit, no, we've failed terribly as that grown, educated adult that, you know, obviously was being educated in, in the growth of people that probably got you to where you were at, you know what I mean? And that's dysfunctional. And that's, you know, sometimes our own fault, because even if you had a great mentor or father figure in your life, maybe we just didn't listen to him. Maybe it was just, you know, we wanted to kind of go the other course, right? The other way. We thought it would be better. The one thing that I always say to people holds to be true today. People, places, and things. When I gave my life to God, he really just narrowed it down to one of those. And I said that at the beginning. It's people, man. 
And what I mean by that is people that you hang around are going to help determine the places you hang out at and the things you do. It's really not truthful to say, I got in trouble by myself. There was always somebody there, you know. Mm. In the end, I was by myself, but there was still those people around me that were that were polluting and in, in, in helping me um, go down that path. Once I flipped the script and I gave my life to the Lord, I knew suddenly, like, okay, maybe I need to start looking at who's around me. The people that, and I'm not, like I said, not just talking about the family and the ones that really wanted me to get well or to be a better person. But the ones that I was looking up to, the ones that I was admiring, to go to the point of, what do you want in your life, right? What what do I want in my life? In, until I had to make a list, and I and I challenge anybody that's listening that any whether you're a believer or not, or whether you're walking in faith and you're you're having a great life, I still challenge people to list what you want in your life. The reason why. God challenged me to that in the first place was once you've established that list, then those people that you want to eventually surround yourself with should have those same qualities, right? Absolutely. So the first place that somebody can start just to see if you're still in denial or not, or if you're still going to live in the lifestyle that you're in right now or today is, what do you want? You want to be a bank robber? You want to be a, uh, still want to be a drug addict or or are you done with that? Do you want, you know, one of the things that I wanted, I just wanted to be able to smile and laugh again. You know what I mean? I wanted to have, to, just to be filled up, um, uh, my heart filled up because I was just so hardened. But I, I list a whole bunch of things just on my notes here. I wanted tranquility. I wanted joy in my life. Um, I want, one of the other things is I wanted financial freedom, you know. And, and so, obviously, with all these things said, when I was starting to go out and pick mentorship in my life, you kind of have to compare that with those that are around you. So for instance, if you're going to choose somebody to help, you know, put smiles on your face, that's the grumpiest person in the world, probably not going to be a good person to be around. Right. Anyways, Josh, what the people, places, and things, what, what are some of the challenges for you? And I know for me, it took a while to figure this out, but uh, what were the ma- major challenges that somebody might go up against with the reality of people, places, and things? Is it a gradual thing? Can someone gradually do that, or is it something that just needs to be changed overnight? Once I achieve salvation, I think that God deals with each individual as is required for that person. I can't. I can't receive salvation and expect the exact same results that you got which might have been immediate. You might have had a thunderbolt experience and the things that you loved to do all of a sudden make you nauseous. Mm-hmm. I was pretty far gone for a long time and I was I did a lot of bouncing in and out. Old mentality, new mentality. Old mentality, new mentality. So the the point or the key factor for me was that I remained willing to do something different. Mm. I remained willing to ask those new people who were who had the things I wanted, a light in their eye. Yeah, there it the is. The ability to smile, integrity. Yes. I was I would bounce back to my old prison mentality. I would bounce back to my old uh, alcoholic or chemically dependent mentality because that's how I was wired for many years. I was wired to react a certain way to certain things and it was a slow process and the Lord saw fit that I was in a confined environment. I was in a treatment center mm-hmm. and where I was surrounded by people who, who were willing to help as long as I was willing to take those things to them. So whether it's gradual or all at once, you know, we look for all at once. I want to change all at once. Yeah. And scripture tells me is there's a renewing of my mind. I am made new. Um, that's my answer. Well, in the one that I just wrote down, if there's a will, there's a way. And there has to be a will. You have to have that will to change and to walk. To answer that question that I put on you myself, it had to, It. I tried, and I think every one of us, probably did this you know when when you're 
given your life to the Lord and you're making a commitment to change your life, it's sad because in all honesty, when you start getting filled up, you want to take your old gang with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, it was one of the, and I, unfortunately, when I was saved back in 2011, I thought that's what I could do or what I should do. But I was wrong. I ended up going back into the same people, places, and things. And almost a year and a half to the date, I found myself worse than where I was the first time, which everybody knows it was not a good place. Anyways, point being, one of the gifts I was given was just clarity. And, and you kind of hit that as well. It's different timing for all of us. And especially if your friends and the people that you maybe have hung around, because I had some great friends that were, we were just lost. You know what I mean? We were both lost. It doesn't mean they were bad people, but I, but what they were doing was definitely not helping my well-being, right? We were just two lost or three or four lost people on this sinking ship. So it, it was sad at the end because God said, you just, you, he put down his foot and said, you have to walk from all that. And I remember that day, you know, I, just like the list that I told you guys to make today about what do you want your life to be? What do you want in your life? You have to find people and pray for people that have those qualities already. And so anyways, for me, it was life or death once again. And I had to walk away from all the people, places, and things that were, that were toxic to my past lifestyle. And, and that was one of the, I can remember to this day, it was one of the hardest things I had to do. But the good part about that is, you know, it's got me where I was at today. And a lot of those guys are now, you know, years later, now they're starting to get it. They're starting to come into the light, you know. And we're going to talk about that in a couple of the scriptures that we're going to bring it to you guys on the second part of this podcast. But for me, it was life or death. I think for a lot of people, if you're struggling with severe drug addiction, it's life or death, man, because there's no second chances. Now, if you're out there and you're struggling in life and just doing casual bad things and, you know, and it's not something that's going to kill you tonight, then you got maybe a better timeline to work on it. But for me, it was immediately change the people because for me, the people, like I said before, were determining where I was going to hang out and the things we would be doing. So immediately the devil put this big monkey on my back saying, well, you're going to be alone for the rest of your life. You're not going to be able to find these new people. But I knew better. I started researching what Christ did and and why he came down here and, and started researching discipleship. So what was it that I was asking for in my original prayers? Send me some mighty men of God. Send me the guys that have, just like what you said, Josh, this light in their eyes. And you can you know that, people. You know when you're in front of a friend, today you'll walk up and you'll, you'll be able to see whether they're switched on or they're switched off. Hmm. And anyways, I wanted to, and, and originally I just wanted to hang around people that had peace in their life. And as soon as they sat down in front of me, I could tell they had this because I was in such darkness and coming out of that darkness. So... Josh, for you, um, and I don't know this, like what was your situation the time that you were starting to really get this, that that people, and and obviously I met you in AA rooms, and I know that's one of the big things they they stress in, in that room, but how, and I know, you know, we had lost contact for a little bit because we were kind of both growing in our ways, you know, and so is it something that just ends? You know, you say, hey, I'm just going to hang around the best people for the rest of my life. Or do yeah. we? was it a process? Well, a few things I want to touch on really quick out of my, out of my experience. <clears throat> something that I speak about a lot is the crab in a bucket mentality. And I'm going to get into that here in a second. But I can recall... My drug dealer coming to a halfway house one time and bringing me a couple packs of cigarettes without me asking, right? And I, I'm not going to delete his number. He's a good dude. <laughs> right, bro. He's cigarettes. a good dude. <laughs> right. Man, listen. Not a good dude. 
a struggle for me was my phone mm. and all those numbers that were in that phone and maybe one or two good experiences I might have had with people. Crabs in a bucket. That mentality defined is if you take a five-gallon bucket and put ten crabs in it, if the crabs were to try to get out of that bucket one at a time, they could escape. One crab can get out of that bucket. But as soon as all the other crabs see that one crab starting to make its way out, mm. they pull it down. Wow. Eventually leading to all of their starvation. They exhaust they will, themselves. They will die before they wow. will all die collectively as a unit before they see one of their comrades get out. Wow. That, that's the story of it. Yeah. That's the story of it. When you came around in 2011 and you were still hanging out with those same people, they saw you yeah. starting to get out. Crabs in a bucket, Scott. Yeah. They will grab wow. your leg and then the other one will grab that one's leg and they'll make a team effort to make sure you don't get out of that bucket. Yeah. So there might be some people that are great people somewhere. <laughs> From There might be people in my past that were great people. But you know what? It's time to cut it out of my life. Yeah. It's time. Do I want a new life or not? That's right. There's no more riding the fence because if I'm riding the fence or sitting on the fence or balance beaming on the fence trying to decide whether I'm going to go towards salvation or whether I'm going to go back to my old life, guess who owns the fence? That's right. Not the good side. The devil. I'm sitting there on that fence not committing. Yeah. You got to make the jump. You got to jump that fence. I agree. Yeah. That's it. All right. So people, here we are. If you just joined us, what's up? Um, we got Facebook Live going on, so I'm saying hi to all of our our awesome friends out there. And some of those friends come out of that bucket. <laughs> I see you. Yeah, for real. Yeah. And that's the, that's the beauty because, once again, the reality of it, people, was it was one of the hardest things that I had to do. But I didn't do it when this is talking about separating from those people. I love those people. I still love them. It's not that um, I don't want to associate with them. It's just that it was time for me to go on and find my true, my list. And anybody that truly loves one another would want, well, hey, Josh, do you want, Josh wants love in his life. He wants peace. He wants joy. He wants tranquility. He wants integrity. He wants truth. Ah, uh, no, Josh, I, I don't think that's good. That's a, not a good idea. I mean, that's basically what some people are saying. Mm. But the problem is I don't think those people really want, don't want somebody to have that. It's just that when people are lost and in darkness and the devil has got your reins, then you, it's, you know, the old saying, you know, you can take somebody out of the hood, but you can't, you know, you, you, it's, it's hard to, to, to watch that person go and make it. Right? Because that's where the pride and the envy comes in. But anyways, the moral of the story is people, places, and things, people. If you want to change in your life, if you commit yourself to a new life in Christ, those old people, for the time being, have to go. Those old places, you can't hang out there anymore. Mm -mm. And the, and the old things that you used to do, and we all kind of probably know this, but we just like to make sure that people truly understand it. You can't do it anymore. You know, and that was one of the huge mistakes I made back in the day. I thought I could be sober, Scott, that loved the Lord, that could still hang out in a bar. Mm -hmm. Right? And now when I say that, I see, what? How can I? Or I wanted to be sober, Scott, that loved my family and, and was back with my family that was trying to serve God in, in, at the beginning and really didn't have the concept of what that would be. You know, going on these trips with people that are getting drunk and doing drugs right beside me. No. Anyways, 
you know. That has close to home, bro. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it does, man. <laughs> I'm sure it does with all of us because the honest to God truth about this and one of the hardest things, and this is why we started up Hope House, is I say, and I'll say it today, if you come from a toxic environment and you go through the best treatment and you love the Lord for a year or six months and you go back to that toxic environment, you will ultimately and, and once again, people, this is my opinion. I don't want people getting mad because somebody did do this and made it. I'm, I'm just saying 99% chance that you're not going to make it. And a lot of this I learned because I dealt with treatment centers that would lose half of their graduating class because that those people went right back to the... And some of the toxic environment could be their own friends and family and even their own parents or mother. Listen, you know... Unfortunately, I had to learn this the hard way. Josh had to learn this the hard way. We pray that you guys or the listeners don't have to learn this the hard way. It is a process, but that's why you need, and we're right here. We put it out every podcast. If you need help, Josh just did it this morning, and I'm always talking to people online. Well, we need to get you out of that house. We need it, and not every sober house is a good house, man. I'm telling you that. Not every treatment center is a good treatment center. But, you know, there's plenty of good ones out there. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's just the environment you hang around. The old saying is if you want to fly with the eagles, stop hanging out with the turkeys. And it's, right? Turkey. <laughs> and it's Thanksgiving, so I mean, <laughs> next Thursday I want to be hanging out with Turkey, but not turkeys. Soar with the eagles, man. <laughs> yeah, man. You got to choose to soar with the eagles, and hopefully, we're building up the whole mentality that you can do this. That's what all these podcasts are about, because we understand the pressures that come upon you. Some of my mentors from the beginning, the people that have those qualities, all they would say is, Scott, you can do this. You are worthy. You can. And even to this day, I still go to meetings, Friday mornings, a men's meeting. And that's what, not every day I wake up in this great mood, ready to go conquer the world. A lot of times I still wake up, you know, with nightmares and stuff that are hitting me and the reality of what my past was like. But anyways, there's a phone call away or there's a place or people, you know, that are right in the network that we have to build around the team. And I say, you know, I agree. It takes a village to raise a Scott. It takes a village to raise a Josh. And, and the one thing that he pointed out at the beginning was it is rebirth, man. It is starting over. And I think we can all make those, connect those dots. If you admit that what you're doing right now is not working to bring that joy, that happiness, that truth into your life, then we learned it wrong. And it's okay because all we need to do is relearn from the right people, and then they'll put you in the right places doing the right things. Amen? Amen. Weed your garden. That's yeah. a good one. That's it. Weed your garden. Yep. Period. The one little booklet that we pass out for Ride for Life, right in the center, it says identify those around you. If you're questioning those around you, make a list. Good, bad, and then Start with, if you're with a, your wife or you're with yourself or with your, whoever, make a list and take each individual that's currently in your life and put them in one of those two categories. And what God told me is there's no middle one. <laughs> he said that gray area in the middle, you can't put them in there. And he, you know, he helped me out even further. He says if you want to put them in that gray area, then just move them right over to bad because gray is bad, people. Anyways, all right, man. We're going to take our sh short coffee break and get uh, uh, actually coffee. water, coffee, yes. Yeah. And then we'll be back for part two, which people you don't want to miss. If you're joining us on Facebook Live, people, go to one of your podcast apps and join our podcast. Give us a rating if you like what you're hearing. And... Uh, Start start broadcasting us to your friends. We What's love you all. What's the name of the podcast channel? The podcast channel, Josh, is Ride for Life huh? from Darkness to Light. Pretty so that's, simple. It's ride and then the number four and then the word life all in one word? Yes. Okay, cool. I'll be able to find it then. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. Nice. And once again, if you go down the timeline, we'll, we're putting up links and we just changed the logo. Let us know what you think about that logo. And uh, we love every one of you guys. Please tune in. 
like we did last week. We'll not show this on the second part on Facebook Live because we want you to go listen to the rest of it on your podcast. But join us on that, and uh, we wish you all the best blessed day of your life today. Hang around those people that are going to get you what you need in your life, and hopefully that's peace and freedom and love. All right, we're back. Ride for Life podcast. Here with my good buddy, Josh. <laughs> Why do I laugh every time I go to... Oh, it's a funny name. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> Josh. Josh and around. Josh Fitzgerald. We're on the topic today of people, places, and things, and just had a great conversation about putting better people into our lives. It's no different than... A sport that some of us might play or might have played in our past. You want to have a winning team, mm. right? You better have a good coach, and his staff better be good as well. And then even further on, you got to have some great teammates, you know. And unfortunately for me, um, and I think for a lot of us, when we and I always say this, especially when we get a chance to speak in the schools, that sometimes we don't see it coming. You know what I mean? It's not like we go out there and look for the worst team and the worst coach and all the worst players on the team. It's sometimes it's a gradual slide down the ladder of you know a successful life. So sometimes it's kind of you might be thinking you're doing a good thing and you might be thinking you're in a good place, but one of the people in my life says, just chuck the fruit, Scott. You know, what that means is, what are they doing? You know, and how are they doing it? And if you're a father or if you're a mother or you're trying to just be a good friend and, you know, you don't have to look far. Those that are around you, well, how are they? You know, if you want to look for somebody that can help you with great parenting skills, are they great parents themselves? Or if you want somebody that wants to help, that you want, help putting a smile on your face are they showing up with a smile on their face right it's just becomes very obvious and it's crazy because i just never until it was too late didn't realize i was that deep into darkness that there was no smiles around me you know so josh you know i gave you the challenge as usual to come up with some passages this is the second half of our podcast where we bring the gospel, we bring the Bible into what we spoke about in the first half. And what did you find, man? I found all kinds of stuff, mostly the stuff that you sent me. <laughs> <laughs> They're not but, supposed to know that. No, but just we talk about people, places, and things. So I know that you found a lot of scriptures that relate to uh, keeping the company of people. This My, should change. The, the, and I I thought and prayed and thought and prayed. And the thing that the Lord gave me or the, he put on my heart was the story of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Let me talk about places. And this is in Genesis chapter 19, uh, verses 15 <coughs> through 17. Uh, it says, The angels hasten Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife, and they two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men, the angels, laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth, and set him without the city, or outside the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that the Lord said, Escape for your life, do not look behind you, neither stay in the plain." lest you be consumed. So essentially, at this point, these two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, were very lost in sin, very lost in iniquity, sexual immorality, and you, you name it. So 
God looked down upon those two cities and said, there is nothing left worthwhile in these two cities except Lot. He's the (laughs) only righteous man. Therefore, it's done. I'm going to destroy it with fire, and I'm going to take Lot and his wife and his kids, and I'm going to give them a chance to go, and I'm going to tell them, don't look Mm. back. So they flee. They run. The fire starts being hurled from the sky and things are exploding and as they're running lot's wife looked back and was turned into a pillar of salt and i read that and thought well that's kind of brutal she's just for looking back and i didn't understand that so i I sought wise counsel Um, and it was explained to me that Lot's wife looked back because she didn't want to let go right. of that lifestyle. Ooh. She didn't want to let go of that place. She wasn't worth saving. She wasn't done. She was going to take that same stuff right into the next wow. place. So when it, when I think of people, places, and things, in terms of things, I think of, or I mean places, I think of Sodom and Gomorrah. I think of the, the, the places in my life, not just bars, but maybe just whole environments and a lifestyle is a place for me. When I was a tattoo artist, that was a lifestyle. Now I'm a photographer, that is a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. When I was a biker, that was a lifestyle. And when I walked away from certain lifestyles, I had to walk away knowing that I'm making the right decision. I'm not holding on to anything from that old lifestyle. And I'm moving forward into a new frontier. A new, a new place for me, a place that has happiness, a place that's, that's free of that raucous kind of living. And it's, it's, it's been very important to me in my life to continue to stay in good places. And if you're thinking, hmm, where is there a good place? You can come see me at church. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can come see me at church. You can start to belong to a body of believers where you can find not only a place to be fed spiritually, not only a place to hear um, what is scripturally and theologically Truth. accurate to how we can apply it to our lives, but you can also find a place where you can serve. Sure. Because God gives us all blessings and He gives us all heavenly gifts in order that we may be blessings for other people. So uh, run. Run from your Sodom and your Don't look back. Don't look back. Yeah, if there's anything that could be learned from that is. And and regarding things, I know that in today's society especially, we are really quick to discard something that doesn't work for something new that does. I think of people on the riverbank washing clothes on a rock. But then we introduce... The washing machine. How quickly will you throw away that washboard for a washing machine? If something is not working in my life and I can see evidence of something else that does work in other people's lives, why am I so hesitant to let go of the old thing that's either too difficult or doesn't work for the new thing that does? Mm. What is it? Pride. That makes me hold on to those things. Is it pride? It's pride. Yeah. I don't want to accept the answers from somebody else. I don't want to take somebody else's suggestion because Josh Fitzgerald has got it all figured out. We come. We become a slave to that old washing board, right? Yeah. Right? Slave like, to the like board. I can't give it up. There's so many reasons. And, and I'm like, man, right. hey, the new washing machine, you just put clothes in and press go. But yet, people want to still grind on that old rock and, and stone. And maybe it's sentiment. Maybe I've had this could washboard be so much, right? for so many years, and I have so many memories with this washboard. And you know, my, my this mom is all I know. used it, and my grandmother yeah. before her used it, and here I am. And why would I let this go for your contraption? And there's sentiment attached to it. Back to the original comment opening our, our podcast today was, has anything you've done so far brought better things into your life you know has that washboard brought joy energy productivity positive attitude smiles you know so once again you got to be willing to number one recognize that it's not working the ways that we were doing it or it's exhausting and number two accept the solution Right? 
Yeah. Number one is coming out of the denial. Yep, it's broken. Yeah, hey, Scott, how is that working for you? You know, for 20 years, I said, it's great, it's great. You know, but I was lying to myself, and I was in denial. And at the end, I finally admitted, no, it's not working. And now I can look back and say, what a joke, man. It wasn't even close to working. But anyways, admitting, and then, like you said, moving forward. And, and unfortunately, the sad story a lot twice, you know, don't look back in what Josh said about that is, you know, she looked back because I believe she still lusted for that life she was leaving. I don't want to leave. And it might be a friend or it might be a family member. Well, I don't want to leave. But once again, like I said at the first half, if you're in despair and you're in addiction and you're in a real bad way, you got to be willing just to leave everything behind. And that's not saying you won't, it won't be put back into your life, but you have to be willing to walk and then walk into the arms of those that are successfully doing it right. So when I, when we picked this topic out, I pulled up my search engine and it took me to the book of Proverbs and over and over again, hmm. it says, and I'll read some of them. And I love the depth of that. Because that's made me rethink a lot. I watched a, a movie that History Channel, the Bible series, and they have a really good uh, video, vi a visual of them running out and her, like, it gives me the chills, you know. And once again, Lot is the, the person you do want to follow, right? He's one of that, that has these, these qualities, but yet his wife and is just in an instant. You know, is turned to that pillar of salt, and it like brought a tear to my. I'm like, wow, there's no sec there's no second chance for her. It's done, and it it's done. And and I think that's true with most of us. There's no second chances left for a lot of us that are out there. There was no second chance for me. Um, so it was either get it or you're done. I'm I'm the pillar of salt. Anyways, and in the Bible scriptures that I found, it's all in Proverbs, and it's I love how blunt and how direct and how. There's no questioning some of the passages and what they say. Uh, Proverbs 12, 26, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray, which kind of goes to the point we talked about as well, that you know, just because we have a great group of people around us now doesn't mean we, we, that it's just going to stay like that. We have to always you know, question and examine and to make sure that those people that we're following or that are mentoring us are doing the right thing. And sometimes people are put into our lives, and I know this over the last seven or eight years, that there's been people that have come in and out of my life for seasons. So sometimes somebody will come in for a season and drop off great wisdom and great skills and great leadership, but then that just move on. And it sometimes it can be heartbreaking, but that's doesn't mean that God's not going to send more. I encourage people to pray if that's where you're at. That's when I started receiving people in my life. I just ask God, put another mighty man in my life. And then boom, Josh shows up. Boom, Dave shows up. So many people have showed up. And, and, and I have more friends now than I have ever have. And it's not necessarily the quantity, it's the quality that I'm I'd rather for. have four quarters in my pocket than a hundred pennies in yes, There you go. Josh. Period. What? You got the, that book. <laughs> Period. Yeah, man. <laughs> the crabs, quarters, whatever. <laughs> Josh has got it. Anyways, I'm going to go through the next two that really just, um, that just really I love because they're so blatant and in your face. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. You know, and you said... There's a call to action. Once you give your life to the Lord and it's it's almost overnight, he's going to want you to start working and helping him. Well, I don't have a skill set. That's what I said. I don't know enough about the Bible. I don't. It's not that complicated. Just help somebody else out. You know what I mean? It's one step at a time. Do something a little bit different than what you did the day before. Whether it's making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and just feeding somebody. You know, you that's being a godly person, Right? Just ministering to somebody, listening to somebody when you can finally listen. You know, I know one of the biggest things was I was able just to listen to my wife instead of her just being downloaded with my toxic 
lifestyle. Anyways, Proverb 1320, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. <laughs> that one's great. You know, what was the best that was going to happen from all the situations that I put myself into in my past life? And I hate to put a tag above some of the people I hung around, but I can do it today because I could admit I was king of the fools. If I was the king of fools, then obviously I must be learning and associating with other fools. So the reason I can say that today is I was the king of fools. I was the most foolish guy on the planet. I almost lost my life because of it. So when I speak about my past, I speak with love and compassion, but yet I speak with authority that there's a new way and there's a new life out there waiting for all of us and all of you. Don't be the fool. Look at your fruit. Look at your environment around you. And just be honest with yourself. Is it working? Has it brought joy? Has it brought love and life? And has it brought positive and smiles to your children's faces and your, your wife's or your husband's or whoever, your mom's face? Like one of the beautiful things in my life is my mom can finally come over and just sit in peace, contentment, joy and love as my children run around her especially little christian like he's at that age where he just loves grandma and it's the most humbling thing for me to see now and to feel because 10 years ago she was coming over here just trying to make sure that i wasn't dead or going to be dead anyways josh i know there was another one that you pulled out that uh that was talking about fools yeah so, in put you on blast. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> Proverbs one seven. Mhm. I don't know what I did with it. Right here. Oh, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Again, with the crabs in the bucket. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That from a little bit different angle, fools despise wisdom <laughs> like yeah they, they hate it they hate wisdom and uh, one that uh, a, a proverb that hit me like a ton of bricks regarding this uh people places and things going back to the people going back to the places going back to the things proverbs twenty six eleven says like a dog that returns to his vomit mm. is a fool who repeats his folly I am so guilty of returning to my vomit. I can't tell you how many times I thought I could do the same thing and get something different was going to happen because I had some grand idea. Sometimes I would lie to myself. Sometimes I didn't tell myself anything. But I, I just returned over and over and over thinking so much of myself that I can beat the game. There's a thousand experiences in my life that show I can't beat this game. But there I am doing it all over again. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this just this this subject is it's, it's it's not really dynamic, but it's very important. Sure, I yeah. like I like how the Lord blesses us with such um, vivid words to describe. Like you know, it just goes right. straight. Your life has become just returning to vomit. But when yeah. you look at sin, that is that is completely bringing dysfunction into our lives it is vomit and i'm glad i'm at that point now where i could admit like and i can see those visuals of me returning back <coughs> excuse me to alcohol which led to vomiting <laughs> a lot of mine did end up in vomiting you know or in the drug addiction going back to that pile of vomit and i think that vomit could be people are you know that are right the people are are speaking and it's just vomit and and I know it's a offensive word but that's how you, I really I was blessed to see life the second chance around there was just no easy way of well Scott it was you know this person's uh, you know blah. no it's either vomit or it's not <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> and everything I was looking at, whether it was the things that I was doing, whether it was substance abuse or just uh, visual or whether it was verbal stuff like, it, you know, even TV shows or some of the music. And I still love rock and roll and I still listen, but there's some that is just, whoa, it's, I can't, I have to turn it off. I'm like, really? I listen to that stuff, you know? So, you know, it's just a whole, and you know, you might t-shirts. Yeah. I've, I've, in the last two years. Wow. I got rid of, you know, yeah. I get so many t-shirts that were just crazy, vulgar, yeah. or, you know, supported things that. Uh, we're not of God. Right. That's it. Right. And it's like, well, what am I putting out there? What am I putting out there? I can wear a shirt that's nasty or I can wear a shirt that says nothing. Why, why, what, what, what kind of things am I speaking into this world? What kind of things am I speaking into this life? I was a heavy metal nut for so long. But it's funny when I listen through my new ears and I look through my new eyes. Yeah. And I feel with my new nerves mm. how things that I used to just say and do and wear without a care or a thought now. It convicts me. What am yeah. I doing? What am I doing? It's a beautiful thing, but I get I get where you're coming from. It's, you know, for me it was this, it was the Starboy thing. You know, I have a grocery not grocery bags. Oh. I have I have like those big fifty gallon <laughs> trash bags full of Starboy gear and shirts. And you know, there was even a time when I was coming through my my you know my transformation that my those people that came around me gave me an ultimatum they're like scott what are you doing you know what i mean there was a time where i thought it was going to be Starboy's ride for life and it was just and once again people a lot of people were offended a lot of the old people that i hung around didn't understand it but it was god just showing me you know it's not of me it's got to go and it was heartbreaking for me that was my life for a long time that was my identity you know for sure. right and there were certain people around me that were still what you know even to this day where can i get this shirt i'm like man and you know no hard feelings it's just it was life or death for me and and god had showed me this other side he showed me the grass was greener and i wasn't he also warned me you, you there's no half measures you can't just have a good you know whatever a good old shirt, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, anyways, I bagged it up, and and uh, you know, even people were like, "Hey, I'll I'll take those." I'm like, "No, man." It's just almost as if it's, you know, what it is. Hmm. It's it's Lot's wife, it's just frozen, man. Right, frozen. It's got a freezing time, you know, and it is what it is. I don't regret anything that I did, and I, you know, I still love a lot of the things that were accomplished um, in my old life, and. But it's 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 part of my past, and the only reason I use it today is just to try to get through or get to somebody that may, um, you know, have a link to it to say, hey, you know, I remember back then people were, man, but, you know, it looked like this, and the, the kid was particularly, um, particularly, per, per, per. It, per, per, sorry for the crackles, anyways, was obsessed with the party lifestyle, and... Um, he appreciated the new life I was living, but he couldn't let go. He's like, but the party, I'm like, dude, do you understand that was killing me? And then he would redirect, but it looked so, and he knew all the different party scenes from all of our different videos. But for me, it was, it, it's like you were explaining. I looked at it as not glamorous as we used to think it was, mm -hmm. or like this kid was looking. I'm looking at it as the last days when I wanted them in my life, I'm saying, bro, you know, there was a time where, yeah, it was kind of fun and innocent, but was it really innocent? Because it got me to that end point of death. And I'm like, in, over and over, I kept saying, it it was leading to death. But this and that, remember the fur pants and all? I'm like, I do, but bro, it was killing me. And I finally reversed it over because I realized this kid was suffering. He was suffering with addiction problems. And unfortunately, he probably was encouraged by a lot of that stuff of my past. So <clears throat> to keep putting it out there, whether it's a t-shirt or whether it's whatever, no, man. It was vomit, man. It needed to be, it needed to be, uh, become that pillar of salt. So anyways, they're stored in a, in a closet somewhere in this house, and some of the stuff is in the attic. But um, once again just to bring clarity on 
you know, when you are going into a new life, that old needs to be cut off. It does. And one of the most important things when I talk about, or when we talk about people, places, and things, it are the things. And it's the sin. Yeah. It's the actions. Yeah. And there, in Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Be transformed by the renewing, to be made new. Our mind is made new. Those things, the Starboy things, that no, is no longer attractive to you. Correct. Things from my old lifestyles are no longer attractive to me. I've been made new. Correct. I don't return to those same patterns of behavior. The because, same vomit. Because I, I lean on wisdom from Scripture, mm -hmm. from wise counsel, mm -hmm. and from my friends. You read the proverb. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another, or one friend sharpens mm -hmm. another. And you said... <coughs> Something to the effect of helping somebody. Sometimes I need sharpened. Yes. I hang around you, Scott. I go to church, Scott, because I need sharpened as well. That's not the, the complete picture is that I can be sharpened and that I can also serve to sharpen someone else. I got lost for a while in the sauce. Lost in the sauce, going to church, not looking to get fed. Right. I was looking just to serve. Sure. And my well was running dry. I need to be filled as well. Constantly. And, yeah, and through a renewing of my mind, I, I, I see things differently. I hear things differently. I taste things differently. I'm attracted to, to newer and different things. And I become more attractive in, in newer and different ways. Well, the Bible calls us and says we are the salt and the light, and that's part of that attraction, you know, and that's what I saw in my mentors. That's what people see in Ride for Life and hopefully what people hear in this podcast. But, uh, you know, I went through a, a discipleship training course and that, you know, transform, transforming of the mind mm. and, not, and not falling back into the world was one of their key passages that of that course, really. And so the thing that I like to pinpoint with that transformation of mind and exactly what you're saying josh is that is being delivered and being healed by christ because there are certain people out there that i think you know when people come to me i say i no longer desire that i'm not in recovery i've been recovered because god has taken that old and transformed my mind where i no longer desire it it's not an issue anymore mm -hmm. that's deliverance people that's what we're yes, talking about you know when you when you no longer and that was the amazing part like i said earlier that you know i thought i could lead a godly life and read the bible but still hang out with my old friends doing drugs in bars and now I can look back because I've become a new creation in Christ and my mind is transformed and see how that formula was completely insane. But the thing about it is I no longer desire to step into a bar. And if I do, because we're out somewhere or we're eating dinner at a bar slash restaurant, it doesn't bother me anymore because it's been removed from my life. I've been healed through the power of Christ. The healing power of Christ, people, comes through that transformation of our minds, right? Taking us, taking us out of the world and putting us into the spirit. It's amazing. I could probably sit and think and talk on this topic of renewal for a long time. I remember not having anywhere to go one night and walking the streets for hours, <laughs> sleeping behind a dumpster. <laughs> you know, I can remember just the, the, the abysmal pit where there was nothing left inside me that was worthwhile. Mm. And when I received salvation and, and took upon a new lifestyle and started to read scripture and apply it to my life, just like you said, 
I don't fight those things anymore. It's not a fight. Mm -hmm. It's not a struggle. It was a struggle when I was leaning on my understanding, when I was leaning on my power. Today, I seek first God. Because I couldn't imagine spending the rest of my life fighting alcohol. Right. That'd be terrible. I could never go to a gas station that serves alcohol. I can't go to a restaurant. I'd be be holed up in my house shaking like a leaf. Can't watch a football game because of the commercials. And God did not ordain my life to be miserable. He did not. The design for my life is not to be in a hole somewhere, not able to go into society out of fear. Sure. Paralyzed by fear. Sure. That's not the design for my life. And I find that when I seek first the kingdom of God, everything else is added unto me. I'm able to function as a normal human being. I said earlier in the podcast, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't wrap my head around the fact I wasn't going to be able to shoplift anymore. I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that I wasn't going to be able to lie anymore. Mm. Those things are given to me now with ease Mm -hmm. and comfort. Yes, there's things I struggle with. No, I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. Right, <clears throat> but God always provides a way out. That's right. Always provides a way through the temptation. Always gives me, even if it's a gentle little nudge, like Josh, don't do that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still have that. And there was a point in my life where I didn't have that. When there was an opportunity, hey, get high or don't. And I'd think like, hmm, should I? Well, I probably shouldn't, but it was still automatic, man. Right. It's the first thing I did. I have friends, frequently, I have one, one friend in particular who said to me, I can't drink anymore. It's, it's not, I was like, don't oh, be careful. You got a mouth and a hand. Mm-hmm. You can drink. He's like, no, I can't, man. It's not even an option. I'm like, dude, it's the first option. It is. What do you mean it's not it's an option? At out. least keep it real. Right. I can go drink whenever I want. Right. I don't want to today. That's the key. I don't want to today. I don't want to. Yeah. It's great. So, on that note, God does not enter relationship with us to keep us a slave to anything. He doesn't enter a relationship with us so that we remain miserable, so that we have to fight for sobriety which is misery, God wants to take those all away, people. He truly wants to deliver us and transform our minds. So whether you're a believer or not, if you are a believer and you're still struggling with certain things in your life, like addiction relating to something that's taking away from your quality of life, you got to hand it over to God. And He will, through that transformation of our minds, and like Josh said, focusing on him and being real and taking action will eventually take that desire away. So you can be standing right in the middle of it and not have a care care in the world and coming out on the other side years later or, or, or wherever the time may be, looking back at those times and saying, wow, you know, it's only by the grace of God. In my understanding of him, that there is healing power, and the healing power is in our minds. That's the key. One of my favorite prayers is, Lord, heal my mind, renew my mind today to have his thought, his will, his holiness flooding through it. Because like you pointed out, the temptations aren't necessarily going to go away because we have to walk outside the house and get in a car and whatever those things. But it's the reaction to that temptation. It's being able to look at that and be like completely healed of it and say, I'm a new creation. It doesn't even bother me. As a matter of fact, I just see the images of how much of a joke I was when it did bother me. Hmm. So... People, once again, we're running up here. We try to keep this under an hour, but hopefully you appreciate whatever length of time it is. We're not really looking at that, but we want to be respectful of everybody's uh, time and their patience. And you know, But we always like to leave out on a prayer. And what God had spoke to my heart this morning getting ready for this podcast is just give it to him simple. 
So we always like to do a salvation prayer at the end of our podcast. And today, the salvation prayer is going to be as simple as mine the first day that I gave my life over to him. So if we just bow our heads and somebody recognizes that they need to change the people, places, and things in their life, and you want a new start, or you're just a seasoned Christian that's just ready to go out there and and conquer the world with Christ, it doesn't matter. We always need to stay prayed up. We always need to acknowledge our love for God and our need for him to guide us. So we're going to bow our heads and we'll pray it out here. Father God, I need you. Repeat after me, people. Father God, I need you today. As a matter of fact, I just don't need you. I want you today because I want the qualities that we spoke of today. I want peace. I want freedom from those things that burden me daily. Father, we understand that I need you to transform my life. And I choose you today. Father, go before us. Come with us from this moment forward. I love you and I appreciate what you do for each and every one of us daily. Father, be with me today. Make me the person you want me to be. Amen. That's it, people. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, listeners. Please keep with us. And uh, we just are so thankful to be able to to speak on these topics. And we'll bring another hot one next week. <clears throat> and I'm sorry for uh, the sickness running through my, my, my being today. But um, pray for health for everybody out there as we enter this winter season. God bless. I see now that I'm